radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism, Pastor Fleming. And it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunch. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys would put mega, the mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Like getting the song Baby Shark Stuck in Your Head, this is Table Talk Radio. <laughs> Maybe I've been hanging around four-year-olds a little bit too long, but there are certain songs That's right. that, man, you finally get the kid to bed and then you're still singing. Whew. It's like, great, great grandpa shark. Do, 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 do. Great, 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 great grandpa shark. Do, do. Uh, Lily, Lily likes great. this song that's about um, uh, how dinosaurs stomp, stomp, and then she'll stomp around the house and makes the dogs just go berserk. They're all barking at her for stomping, and she loves it, so... That's what our house is like. How's how things going over at your house? That's funny. Fine. Oh man, can you believe it? This the kids are running around. Hannah's about ready to graduate from college. She. That's not right. Is that does that math Mary even me work? A meme the other day. Man. And she, I know. And she said, uh, th- so this is the meme. It's uh, it said no one prepares you for this, and it has a picture of a baby saying "Mama," and a little child that says mom and then a little older mother and then a teenager who says bruh (laughs) (laughs) nothing prepares you for that (laughs) that's how it is at our house all right (laughs) dinner comes to the table and we get this chorus of bruh (laughs) (laughs) that's great maybe maybe you can start translating that's my buzzword for you oh really oh i forgot we do buzzwords on this show buzzwords okay well i'll I know it'll take you all to define the, the buzzword. buzzwords. How can I understand <laughs> Johann Gerhard? All right. Uh, so is that your bruh. buzzword? Are you gonna, uh, here's are you my definition define... of bruh. It means, yeah, yeah it, it's a directed ug. So it's a combination of ug and bro. <laughs> so ug is sort of a general lament to the universe. And if you have some direction toward a person, it's brr. Uh, hmm. I think that's the definition, actually. Bruh. Is is that a is that a masculine address, feminine address, or is it neuter? You would think that it would be masculine, right? Uh, who's to say these days? Because <laughs> it apparently applies from teenage boys to their mom. Hmm. Bruh. I think bruh. I remember reading that in the I thought it would Psalms. be brother to brother, but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Is, in the, these are the Psalms of Lament, or bruh. <laughs> I was somewhere. Instead Where of Selah, the, the contemporary Bible but... says bruh. <laughs> <laughs> Say bruh. 
I was talking to Pastor Boyle, who was trying to convince me that rhetoric is a valid thing to consider, and I was fighting against it. And so I said there's really three kinds of sermons. And the, th- and the three kinds of sermons are like this. Huh? Huh? Wow. <laughs> and those are the those are your three uh sermon uh techniques and he's like that is ridiculous <laughs> so I, I said that's you're responding to my uh sermon so. a lot of grunts going on do down there in, in austin which, texas <laughs> which is it, which kind of sermon is that is it a huh or a huh, is that what the parishioners ah. give you in the greeting line outside of church man mm, you're kind of judging them. Uh. Let's hear Okay. Bruh. Or they got to get a couple. Bruh. Bruh. Today's sermon has five parts. Bruh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my theological buzzword for you is eschatology. It's the study of end oh, times. Uh, eschatos is the Greek word for last or end, I think. Um, and <laughs> so when we talk about eschatology, we're talking about the uh, scriptures teachings of that which uh, brings about the end of this world uh, uh, this world in which we live and the coming of the world to come i think maybe popular christianity focuses on just the end but doesn't uh, even talk much about the bringing about of god's kingdom for all eternity which is a, a new heaven and a new earth um, some look for it to be a earthly kingdom that he brings, but uh, he is already reigning in this world in his kingdom, according to the gospel, until he brings his judgment upon the ungodly and rescues his people, his elect, his his saints uh, to the world everlasting. So eschatology. That's nice. I was listening. You know this guy, John Stone Street, who is at the Colson Center? He's got a nice little podcast, and... I was listening to him a couple months ago, and he was talking about how every worldview really is just a the story we tell, and they have four chapters. So the four chapters are how things get started, how they go wrong, how they get fixed, and how does it end. And I thought, well, that's really kind of a real tight way to describe this. So, And he made the point that everybody has all these chapters, so we have a secular eschatology, but the secular eschatology is like, well, we're going to either run out of oil or destroy the environment or be swallowed up by the sun, you know. And so their end is the end. The amazing thing about our Christian eschatology is that the end is the beginning. It's an amazing thing that the end is called the new heaven and the new earth. So there's a newness to the end of the world that we confess, which is which is wonderful brilliant it's just it's glorious yeah that's great wonderful well we are going to do a little praise song crunching uh remember this so i typed into the google bar the praise song cruncher and <laughs> there's only one and only <laughs> that comes up but this is about how it works it's for analyzing the usefulness of a praise song and um you know i think i think that's how this how this came about pastor i said i think you know, you were you were turning over praise song uh, drum sets like Jesus was turning over the money changing tables in the temple, and people were asking you, like, "Hey, what's wrong with praise song?" And you said, uh, "They're they're like, what, what's wrong with any of the doctrine in this thing?" And you're like, uh, b- uh, b- "There is no doctrine." <laughs> right. So, but but something else is going on in the praise song, and that is uh, an appeal to the emotion 
um, which we call mysticism. Mysticism is that uh, connection to God apart from any means. So God likes to work with us through means, like his word, and baptism, Lord's Supper. But the uh, but the mystic likes to say, I have connected with God on the inside. And that's that's the whole thing. And the, the praise song sets out to do that. So uh, Pastor Wolfmiller, in his... Um, in his study, in his immense research, I mean, this this was a product of. Was this your dissertation? I can't remember. It's basically basically, basically like your a dissertation, postdoctor. <laughs> post <laughs> did you get Did you get a, a study funded for this? Anyway, uh, the first question is yeah, PhFD. <laughs> P-H-F-D-D. Oh, boy. I mean, it was intense. <laughs> Number one. Did I have to tell you the Jesus story about vengeance. how we got yeah. chastised uh, for taking a picture behind the drum set at a pastor's conference? <laughs> Did I tell you that story? No. <laughs> Me and two other unnamed pastors, all in our collars, were walking through the little sanctuary they had set up there at this hotel room. And they had the praise band thing over there, and I said, "Come on, guys!" And so I went and I sat behind the drums, and one picked up the guitar and was, and we got behind there and we're taking pictures. And one of the district officials walked by, and oh my boy, we were like, uh, if there was canon law, you were we messing would have with sacred exiled. things. It sounds like, <laughs> apparently, apparently. Oh man. <laughs> Anyhow, so they want to ask: Is Jesus mentioned? You know, it's a pretty good rule of thumb if Jesus isn't right. mentioned. It's probably not about him, but there is the possibility that he's not mentioned by name, but by concept. So if we're talking about the Lamb of God, that maybe doesn't mention Jesus by name, but it's certainly talking about him. Number two is clarity. Is the song clear? Does it use sentences with subject, verb, and object, or does it use sentence fragments? I think you notice that uh, when people speak in fragments, they're employing the imagination of the mind. Is that right? Grabbing images rather than assert, than making assertions, and that's the idea of the praise song. The old praise songs, especially, is it just is piling up images, and it's up to you to make the associations. But it's not saying anything wrong because it's not saying anything that can be judged true or false. It's you know, truth and falsehood belongs only to sentences, not to sentence fragments. So, if you're just dealing in fragments, you're dealing in that realm of imagery and not in the realm of assertion or truth. Okay, then talk about mysticism, um, where you ask questions about subjectivity versus objectivity, about my own emotions, experiences, uh, repetition, things like that. Is it internal or external? Is it about my emotions or about God's activity? Is it about my reaction to God or God's doing? Is it Objective, then, which has to do with the historical reality, or subjective, which has to do with my reaction. And most of the praise songs, the very nature of the praise song is that it's, it's subjective. And recognizing this is, there's nothing wrong with the subjective part, but it's that always our subjective reaction to the works of God has to be built on the foundation of the objective truth. And the, the praise song flips that around and here's proof of it remember when we were talking to chris tomlin 50 years ago or whatever and he went back to this favorite mm, proof text of the whole idea of the praise song and that is that the lord inhabits the praises of israel so first we praise god and then the lord shows up so our praising is building a house for the lord and that's that flip the 
the objective or the the presence of God is put in service to our own internal um, feeling or state or whatever, and that's a that's a dangerous place to be. That subjective, um, <clears throat> that subjective centered faith is a roller coaster. The next question is law and gospel. Does the song proclaim the law and its sternness and the gospel and its sweetness? So this is something that we run into a few of the songs that we've crunched, is it might talk about uh, some promise of God, but it uh, is giving the wrong problem. So the if the problem is that I have low self-esteem, that is not actually a transgression against God that uh, I need forgiveness for. So um, we have found that the promise that comes is always addressing the uh, yeah, the, the problem that's presented of the song. So we want to get the problem right. That is, we are transgressors against the holy God so that the answer, the promise, would be the forgiveness of sins found in the blood of Christ Jesus. Uh, and then the, finally, is there any explicit false teaching? You know, if we uh, rarely do we get to the last question without hangups in one through four, but we want to also always be asking the question, um, is there false teaching? And on this one that you have here on your blog here, Pastor, wolfmiller.co, is Wolf the Bounty Hunter with a Luther seal around his neck. It says Wolf the Mystic Hunter. And my Hunter. face on his face, you see. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. So you see someone I was distracted my, by his huge guns. <laughs> Did I know this story that also where one time mom and dad were hanging out uh, and uh, I went to bed and then I woke up and it was like three in the morning, just like two in the morning and Carrie wasn't there. And I was like, Where, where's Carrie? And so I went out into, and there's my mom sleeping on the couch and Carrie and my dad watching uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter <laughs> movies. And they're like, well, just one more episode. <laughs> they got hooked into the thing. <laughs> That's, anyway. uh, that's good stuff. All right, so... Yeah, don't start watching Dog the Bounty Hunter. You get hooked into that. <laughs> All right, well, we tried to see if uh, Casey Kasem was available to help us out with this, because we're doing the top worship songs of 2022. Remember Casey Kasem did that wow. uh, top, 10 count, top 10 countdown? Um, he wasn't like available. Like the 40s? Uh, like okay. the 90s. Anyway, uh, radio DJ... <laughs> He has, uh, so anyway, uh, here is the uh, number three song of 2022. It's called Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood. That sounds hopeful.
life. <laughs> I guess that's all you get. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> you think someone that was would... <laughs> good. I didn't. Know, I didn't even realize she stopped singing and you started. I know. The, you could just take over. Uh, d- didn't anyone tell you we're also playing? Finish the s- lyrics to your top Don't pra- forget the worship lyrics. songs of 2022. Sa- <laughs> that's really pretty. Saved my life. <laughs> Well, this is going to be interesting. I hope you have the the <laughs> lyrics there. I think uh, it continues. You took my place, laid inside my tomb of sin. You were buried for three days, but then you walked right out again. And now death has no sting and life has no end, for I have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb. And then it has the chorus again. There is nothing stronger than the working power of the blood, the blood that calls us sons and daughters. We are ransomed by our Father. It's interesting. Through the blood, the blood. There is nothing stronger of the wonder-working power of the blood, the blood that that calls us sons and daughters. We are ransomed by the Father, etc. Repeat. Okay. So let's start with the cruncher. Number one, is Jesus mentioned? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Got that one. For example, thank you, Jesus, for the blood applied. <laughs> yep. This song is all about it. It's a prayer directly to Jesus. And speci- and this is why I was wanted to do this one first. had the most potential, having never heard the lyrics, but just the title. I mean, when you're talking about the blood of Jesus, you're already grounded in a reality that is going to be, ho- that's hopeful. And I think that's shown itself here. So it's all, it's a song to Jesus of his blood. Excellent. Okay. Uh, the next question is number two. Clarity. Is the song clear? Does it use sentences with subject, verb, and object, or sentence fragments? Yes. Mostly clear, although I think some of the lyrics have made the sentences into fragments, but I think it's the lyric here. I don't think it's actually the song. Like, mm-hmm. um, where was that? Uh, there's nothing stronger of the wonder working power of the blood. That's kind of weird, but... It, it should just be. There's nothing stronger than the wonder-working power of the blood, and so I think that might be some typos in the lyrics. So it seems pretty clear to me too, and it seems like it's riffing on a few older hymns. The first stanza, mm-hmm. "I was a wretch, I was lost, I was blind," is kind of a, a riff on Amazing Grace. Sin separated, the breach was too wide. The chasm that's there—that's probably building on the four spiritual laws across the Great Divide. Um, would have been nice to then, have a direct object uh, in that in that sin separated, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, that's that's right. It, in fact, the the whole idea of sin as separation versus sin as offense is here, so that mm-hmm. my sin makes a gap between us and God, which is a true thing. Mm-hmm. It's just not all the truth. It's not. It's you you know one of the main problems of modern evangelicalism is it's that is sin is separation it almost rather than it almost puts us as the victim of original sin <laughs> mm-hmm. rather rather than the participators mm-hmm. of sin that i'm a transgressor against yeah. against god it does say i was a wretch lost okay. and blind but the the anger of god is missing but it does say the debt that i owed you paid so there is a sense of 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 ransom that's there, mm-hmm. uh, 
death death is also there it's it's i mean so it's getting it's like it's walking around in a very tight circle uh sin and original sin it doesn't say what everything that we would want it to say but it's pretty close i mean it's not running away from it at least it's at least using sentences for the most part we're 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 making assertions at least mhm okay what about mysticism mm-hmm. is sure. is the main action of the song going on inside of me or in the things that god has done that's interesting, isn't it? Because it speaks of the blood, but the blood is being brought to me. There's this interesting line that says, you left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside. And so the Lord is coming down from his heavenly throne to sit on a throne inside of us, which is also true. Christ lives in our heart by faith, Paul says to the Ephesians, but it's also not the main thing. But this, I think, is kind of riffing on the four spiritual laws that are there. The great danger in the four spiritual laws is that it says that there's this gulf that separates us between that separates us from God. The cross bridges the gap, and now it's up to us to cross over. Now, there's there's things we can say about the gap and the bridge that are don't get there all the way. But the great danger is, well, now you have to walk over. And I was actually expecting that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it says. It says that Christ does come to us mm-hmm. so that the blood makes a way for the Lord to get to us. It would be good to know how the blood gets to us, though. Yeah. Because every time we hear uh, the speaking of the blood, like Revelation 12, they overcame by the word of the testimony, by the blood of the Lamb. Say, well, how do you get the blood? And we know that he puts it in the cup for us to drink. But it's interesting for evangelicals that speak sometimes and well of the blood but then don't have it can't find it anywhere but as far as the mystic kind of the subjective versus objective it's i think it is a pretty good balance if i if i'm reading the lyrics as they're supposed to be read it does speak of the blood of jesus that is outside of us a reality apart from us his sacrifice and now it's brought to us and has has an effect on us and that's that's right that's that's what i'm saying anyways what do you think yeah i, I agree i, I re- reiterate what you'd say so you have this line in the chorus it says thank you jesus for the blood applied and i i th- that does kind of leave some open questions because certainly the i mean th- this is actually great so the next line then says thank you jesus it the blood has washed me white so this is blood applied to me something external uh, which cleanses me from my transgressions, um, but I guess I guess again the question then is how is the blood applied? I mean I don't think anyone is going to Golgotha with buckets and bringing him over to the worship uh, service, and so I think this leaves the door open for mysticism because if someone understands this blood applied in some sort of a mystic way then we're still, even though we're, we're thinking in the right terms of external realities, the, their applications are, are mystic. Um, I think th- the way this could be clarified, at least theologically, would be to understand the way God does apply his blood to us sinners uh, 2,000 years after the crucifixion actually happened. And it's through his promises, like in holy baptism, or his promises— like in the Lord's Supper. That, that's how we could say the blood of Jesus is applied to me. 
Um, so I think it leaves the door open for mysticism by by just leaving it at the blood applied. Right. That's right. And that's one of the dangers is that the songs don't say enough. Like a Lutheran listens and they're like, oh, the blood applied. We should sing yeah. this at communion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And an evangelical sees this and they're like, oh, the blood applied. Uh, we should sing this while we go to visit Jerusalem or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Or I don't know. It's the, the, the blood is spiritually applied to us. It's not actual... It's not actual blood. I mean, this is the scripture, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all our sins, but that, again, how, how, how does mm -hmm. he get that? And it's through the means that he appointed, through the preaching, through baptism, especially through the, through the body and the blood in the supper. What about law and gospel in this song? There is, we talked about this um, uh, a bit already, because it does talk about our sins, but the sin, big picture, is, is, is distance. It also has the debt, death mm -hmm. and the sting of death, um, uh, being lost and so forth, the, the, the being blind, being in chains, so being in bondage. Those are all the pictures of sin that are here. The, the big thing with the blood is that the, the reason why the blood has to be paid is because God is angry. This is the, th th this is the blood that propitiates, mm -hmm. that brings God's good pleasure to sinners because the sacrifice has been paid. So there's not, I mean, you, you, you might want, may, maybe we can assume that because it has bud language that the sacrifice is understood, but it's, it's not articulated here. So it, the law and gospel are there. It's just, and it's not, I don't think it's wrong. How do we say this, Evan? It's not wrong in, it's not wrong in what it says. It just, it, it would be nice to go a little bit further. Mm-hmm. And then if you're ready for it, we'll move on to um, other false teaching. You know, this is, this is just a criticism, a slight criticism. Um, but it, the, the first stanza starts out, I was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. And um, you get the sense that this this was a, I mean, even uses the word later, transformation that took place at some date into the past. <laughs> and um, I would I would challenge a, a listener to think about this even in a present tense. So there might be a point in my life that I can remember, or maybe for some of us we don't even remember it, but there might be a point in life in which I was an unbeliever, and then I came to believe in the promises of Christ and became a Christian. Um, but I would, I would say even after that moment, I could still confess I am a wretch, <laughs> right? And and I, and so I, to, to be able to confess our sin even in the present state uh, forces us to rely upon Christ all the more on a daily way. If I, if I can confess I was a wretched sinner, boy, am I glad Jesus did that one action for me, but I need him right. less today right. than I needed him last year. And we never want to be in that place. We always want to be able to confess I need right. Jesus wholly and completely each and every day. Right. The repentance is not a one-time event. When the Lord Jesus said to repent, he willed our whole lives to be lives of repentance. And so there's that. <clears throat> for, the, for the evangelical, repentance is a one-time thing. And, but then there's like this, uh, there's this seeking after that, uh, uh, um, that, 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 that like secret sauce, that spiritual secret sauce of repentance like that um 
uh, that that in my memory or in my what even in my in my praise and worship and my activity my spiritual activities I'm kind of rejuvenated to that to that impactful moment but I, I was working on this the other day I so here let me I'm going to change my buzzwords are you ready oh okay I I kind of I kind of latched from, on to bra but okay go ahead bra from the Hebrew bra to the Greek bra <laughs> bra ha ha to okay here's two important theological words fetus directa versus fetus reflecta and uh, Peeper and the dead Orthodox Lutherans use these different things to describe different aspects of faith. So fetus directa, that's faith directed toward God and his promises. That's saving faith, faith that believes the forgiveness of sins. There's fetus reflecta, which means faith that is aware of itself, reflective faith, faith that um, where I can, I'm sitting here thinking, hey, you know, that promise of God, that's true for me. That, that, um, self-aware state of believing in the promise. And one of the problems of evangelicalism is that it replaces fides directa with fides reflecta. In other words, we understand that I can have faith in God even if I don't realize it. I mean, when I'm asleep or when I'm hitting the head with a rock or before I can think about these things when I'm a baby or when I get Alzheimer's or whatever, I can have that faith and not have the capacity to reflect on my own having of faith. But the Lord also gives the capacity to reflect on our faith, feet as reflecta, and it's great and it's important. But it's not, it's different than saving faith. Mm. So because evangelicalism uh, confuses feet as directa with feet as reflecta, it says that if you can't reflect on your faith, you don't have it. Mm. I don't think they say it that directly, but that's the implication that's there. And then when you get people given their testimony, I was talking to a family came to visit from Australia. It was great. And I was talking to them, and um, one of the daughters is going to a Bible college, and so they have times for testimony all the time. So we were, th- we were thinking about this together. She said, how do, how do I do this testimony thing? What's happening in the testimony? And you're, in a, you're kind of in a pickle because the Lutheran doesn't want to talk about themselves because <laughs> that seems prideful. But you stand in the testimony time, and you just talk about Jesus, and then everyone thinks, oh, how arrogant that they're doing it different. <laughs> they're rebuking us. You're in a pickle. Or doesn't, even, th- doesn't so, even believe because they're not reflecting upon their own, their own that's right. faith in that thing. That's yeah. right. So what, what the testimony, to understand it this way, is the testimony is reflections on fides reflecta. It's, it's not mm-hmm. times when I believed, but times when I realized I believed. And... Uh, it's not if we if we can put that vocab around it. I think that gives us um, a helpful way to think about it because this happens to us all the time. There's moments where I'm studying the Bible, or I'm listening to a sermon, or I'm I'm watching Jordan Cooper on YouTube, <laughs> or whatever. I don't know if it happens listening to Table Talk Radio, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there'll be moments where you're like, aha, aha, that thing is true, and it's true for me. And we and we 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 realize it, and that's good. We just don't want to we don't want to mistake or confuse that reflective faith with with the faith that's directed toward the promise, which is the faith that justifies and saves. Well, what's your final verdict on this song? I I would put this song as one that would be all right for listening to in the car. Okay. 
I wouldn't sing it in church. Or with headphones. How's that sound? But, but in church or with uh, loudspeakers for anyone else to hear. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but yeah, I think there are some problems. I, I liked how we got to hear the vision. It was um, Charity Gale feet Evan Gagline. Yep, that's right. All right, we'll be right back. Another Praise Song Crunch right after this. Evan Gagline, that's the tagline that makes it good. Oh, yeah. That's probably why it's on the top five. Busting the myth that practice makes perfect. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. So I've kicked up the Wolfmuller One YouTube channel, and I was talking to Daniel, my expert YouTube advisor about it, who said, Dad, your stuff is really bad. I know, Daniel, I know. But look, I have 4,006 uh, for watch time and to monetize on YouTube, you got to have 4,000 hours. And I, I look, I said, look, 4,006. And Daniel says, Dad, you have 4,006 minutes, not hours. <laughs> anyway, if you want to see what we're up to over on YouTube, you can visit YouTube, search for Wolfmuller. Wolfmuller1 is the channel name. See you there. Welcome back to yep. Table Talk Radio. In the middle of a praise song crunch. Wow. Moving up the chart, well, down the charts. Why did we go down? We went the wrong direction. We did the number three top worship song of 2022, which was Thank You, Jesus, for the Blood. Now we're, now we're climbing down the rungs to number five, Goodness of God by Bethel Music, Jen Johnson. This is what that song sounds like. We'll let the bump music fade out so we don't have like this. Nice drum beat from what was the guy named DJ Quads? DJ Quads, I miss that guy. Pl- playing the percussion for this next worship song. <laughs> Here, this is how uh, Goodness of God sounds. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. And all my days, I've been held in your head. From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head Oh, I will sing Of the goodness of God So that's the goodness of God. Uh, I've heard this one before. Have you? Yeah. I was at a chapel at some point, and all the kids started singing this song at some school around here somewhere. Hmm. What's going on? I mean, they were supposed to. I guess it was part of the thing, but I just didn't. You know how that happens sometimes. Sometimes a praise song sneaks up on you, and you're like, "Hey, what's what's happening around <laughs> you get here?" Blindsided by a praise song, right? Where where am I supposed to put my hands? Where am I supposed to look? <laughs> I don't know what to do. Just do what the person next to you is doing. Very introverted during the praise song. Sway a little bit. I put my hands behind my back. I, it's like, 
What happens if I sing or don't sing? I don't know. <laughs> it's awkward. All right. Well, do you want to read a bit of this, and then we'll do some crunching? Uh, I love your voice. You Thank have you. led oh, me through the ahead. fire. In the darkest night, you are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness of God. Yeah. <laughs> All my life you have been faithful. Oh. All my life you have been so, so good. That's the line that everybody likes. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. Yeah. Because your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendering now. I give you everything because your goodness is running after. It's running after me. Oh, oh. Because <laughs> your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. Your goodness is running after me. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendering now. I give you everything because your goodness is running after me. It keeps running after me. And then it goes back. Oh, oh. Okay. Good enough. Well, let's ask the question about Jesus. Is Jesus mentioned? No. What about in concept? No. <laughs> okay. What about... Okay, so here, here's the concepts that are there. Okay. Lord, that's concept. Mercy, your mercy never fails me. That's nice. Goodness, and this song is really about the goodness of God. Faithful, God is faithful. I, your voice, your leading... I've known you as father. I've known you as friend. Those are the two major metaphors that are there. But it's the goodness that really gets hooked onto in the song. Your goodness is running after me. And I don't mind that emphasis on the goodness of God. I mean, the Psalms will emphasize the goodness of God. And in our own day when, you know, like this very basic thing of like, hey, that over there, that's good. And that thing over there, that's bad. You're not, a, you're not allowed to say that kind of thing. It's, it's just sort of nice to have, hey, God is good. It doesn't seem like that profound of a theological statement, but it actually it is. So it gets hooked onto the goodness of God, which I'm not against. But to this first question of the, of the cruncher is it is not a Christian song. There's nothing Christian about it. It's the, it's a, some, so uh, this could be sung in the synagogue or I think in the mosque or also, who else believes in God but not Trinity? The Oneness spaghetti monster. Mormons? Oh, Mormons oh, can sing yeah. this for sure. Yep. In fact, this might be, is this a more, this could be a Mormon song. Is Jason Ingram a Mormon? I'm looking at the songwriter here. Like th this, so, so there's nothing distinctly, I mean, even a Mormon could sing about Jesus. But there's so there's nothing distinctly uh, Christian about it, right? Okay. But um, what about let's, let's ask the question about clarity? Are we using sentences or at least making assertions here, or are we just kind of conjuring up some impressions? What do you think? It's it's I mean it's so repetitive. Well, you know we're using the cruncher 1.0 instead of the 2.7 or whatever. Yeah. I'm going back to the basics here. It's retro. Uh, the so the repetitiveness is there. Uh, it's goodness is running after me. It's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. 
I mean, so I give you everything. It doesn't well, like this nonsense, line. I, I mean, sentence nonsense. This is just for for rhyming or whatever. But it says until I lay my head. Um, what are you going to lay your head on? <laughs> I mean, I suppose from the moment I wake up till I lay my head, I suppose we can just apply on the pillow. But down, down, on the, down <laughs> on the rock. So I lay laying my head around I wake on things. Up, lay my head, head down, put my head. I, I think there's the sentences rescue. here. I think there's sentences, but I think the mysticism is going to yeah, come out in the I next question, and that is the subjectivity, okay. objectivity. You already mentioned the repetition on this one, but go ahead and mention the repetition again, oh, if you boy. would. <laughs> it's very repetitive, and it repeats itself a lot. <laughs> you know that joke never gets old. Uh, <laughs> well, I can hear that. It I can hear the that hundred times. Nature of the joke. <laughs> And the reason why explaining that is funny is because explaining jokes is always the funniest part. Yes. It really, it's like a, it's a chase scene at the end here. And God's goodness is coming after you. And man, you are exhausted. It's like at some point it's like, well, just stop so he can catch you, you know. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what it says. With my life laid down, I'm surrendering now. I'll give you everything. You, do, you can stop chasing me down. Um, but it's the, it is this idea the the God who pursues us, which is a beautiful theme in the scripture. Problem is it comes into the praise song as, because remember the praise song has as its main schema, its main sort of structure of thought is the dating, high school dating relationship. So God is the one who's pursuing us and we are the pursued. And th that should be understood with humility, not with with pride there's a danger that it there's a danger that it provokes a kind of pride if it's if it's not understood in the context of original sin um so god's chasing me down now i'm surrendering everything with my life laid down i'm surrendering now i give you everything that's the mystic idea of emptying oneself now again there is some biblical truth here i mean i think that the first commandment is a the Lord says, all right, everything you got there, I'll take that. You know, everything you're trying to protect, you're trying to keep yourself, your family, your name, your stuff, whatever. Nope. I'm the only thing that matters. So we dump out our hands. And then the Lord gives us this stuff back. Here's your parents. Here's your life. Here's your spouse, family. Here's your stuff. Here's your reputation in all these other commandments and I'm and I'm now giving it to you and protecting. So there is a sense that the there's an emptying. But this this sur this surrender and emptying and laying down uh this kind of giving up um I don't know, the way the way that it comes into the to the worship life in the evangelical world is it it it, uh, it 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 has all these marks of mysticism that I get lost, that I get absorbed, that I get kind of um, diminished. I don't know. Diminished is all right. I, you know. Do you know what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. Um. I. I mean. I think. With this song, with with this kind of your goodness is running after me, uh, keeps running after me. Um. It's good in the sense that it. It talks about the pursuit of God. The problem is, is that uh, 
God is unable to catch up until you finally quit running. <laughs> you know, until until I surrender, God's goodness is at best just a good runner. Um, and then you have this line, this uh, part in the middle where it says, um, "Oh, where is the oh? Uh, with my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything." And so really what it all comes down to is that God is so good, by golly, I'm going to lay down my life. <laughs> you know, I'm going to surrender because he is, in fact, so good. And to your point, this has nothing to do with the cross, has nothing to do with a God who we've angered by our sin, who we deserve to be punished. I mean, th- this is the thing that's missing in a lot of not only worship, praise songs, but it's just missing in a lot of conversation amongst Christians that I deserve to be punished for my sin. Um, I deserve death, but Christ takes that punishment and that death upon himself in my place so that I can have life. And uh, that is particularly why God is good. And to talk about the goodness of God without talking about the cross is to not talk about the Christian God. That is nice, and that's well said, because we get wrapped up into this emotional thing. This song is a—it grabs your emotions. I think that's why people like it, but it doesn't—it doesn't—it doesn't ground our emotions on those helpful things, like the love of God in Christ, mm-hmm. as you just said so eloquently. Well, um, we've sort of talked about it, but let's, let's just kind of uh, round off this conversation combining long gospel and uh, any other false teaching. What, what are your final thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what's the problem here? What do you think the song wants my problem to be? Um, I have not surrendered. It doesn't say much about that. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't surrendered, and so my, I need to be a surrenderer of all things in life. God is good, but His goodness is a—it's like a force. Rather and than if only I would have realized how good it was, I would have surrendered sooner. And that's—that's—I mean—that's yeah. the problem with not understanding this law gospel distinction because we think that man if people just knew how loving god is you know he's the one that believes in you when you don't even believe in yourself you know then then people would would be believers um there's a lot of gods like that but there's only one who dies for sin there's only one who um right. offers his who who, we, who com- comes to us in our humanity in order to give up his life that we would uh, join him in heavenly splendor only one god does that yeah that's right okay well next ah, up nice. we've got some uh bible b law gospel uh coming up and then we're gonna round off today's show playing some myth busting so a lot of table talk radio in front of you if you have a good uh sitcom or series you're watching you might be able to squeeze that in in the remainder of the show so i would get that loaded up now we'll be right back you're listening to table talk radio don't go away i just told them to go away and then i'm telling them not to go away go away table talk radio how many table talk radio listeners does it take to change a light bulb you'll probably have to settle for one. Get the Around the Word devotions delivered to you in a free daily email. You can sign up for that at 
whatdoesthismean.org. Click the Devotions button. Bring back some of the classic games of Table Talk Radio, including Bible Bee. That's what I think one of the first games we started playing on this show. Is that right? It's like, what you know, do you Bible do? Bee oh, Bible was Bee. the game I had invented when you were talking about the, making a radio show for your evangelism project at seminary. <laughs> and I had the idea of a live radio show where people would call in and they have to guess if a verse is law or gospel, and then you just send them a copy of the small catechism. I remember, yeah, I remember. <laughs> How many millions we, of years ago was that? We, we, we had wow. Ketchemeyer on to go against you, and I was giving him, like, John 3.16, and I was giving you these really obscure passages in Esther, which you'd always miss. That was a lot of fun. Oh, okay. Well, what was it now? Was it a lot of fun? <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> All right. So the way this works, you get three rounds. Round three, you get three verses. Round two, you get one verse. And in round three, you get one word. You have to guess what book of the Bible this uh, comes out of. And then uh, also to talk a little bit about the law and the gospel. So you want me to go first or? Yeah, that's what I want. You want me to read I'll one for score. Yep. Here you go. Therefore, it was necessary for the copies of the things in the heavens to be cleansed with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a mere copy of the true one, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. That's only two verses. We get one more. Nor was it that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters the holy place year by year with blood not his own. That's beautiful. What is the epistle to the Hebrews? You know, I know that Paul wrote that now from the Jeopardy. Remember how Jeopardy? Is that what Jeopardy Did you see said? that big scandal? No. Yeah. They said that it said this letter of Paul contains the most references to the Old Testament in all the New Testament, and it was Hebrews. Uh, whoa! And Easy. everyone was scandalized by it. They're like, "Hey, how do you? How does Jeopardy know that Paul wrote Hebrews?" <laughs> they figured it out. They cracked the code. All right, but you think Paul wrote it? Yeah, the, uh, don't the you? nerd. You know the reformed. No, I do. I do. But all the reformed kind of nerd online community went berserk. That's a, I think that's funny. That's like the perfect thing to make all the Calvinist bloggers go, go crazy. Like finally, something nerdy enough for us to get upset about. All right, uh, so your guess is Hebrews, Calvinist. which is correct. Is you get 100 points. Uh, and then Law or Gospel. I think it's so great how... Let me just write this down here. 100 points. It's great how... Paul there is talking about the the how the 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 stuff of the Old Testament, so the priesthood and the tabernacle and the and the sacrifices and the liturgy and all the stuff of the Old Testament is a copy of the heavenly council, wow. so that so that Moses sees Jesus and his blood prevailing before the throne and he builds a copy of that in the Old Testament to preach it. 
Now, there's some law there, in, the, in other words, the people are told what to do, but it's all for the purpose of the gospel. It's so that the, the people would see the shadow of the blood prevailing before the throne and rejoice that their sins are forgiven. That's beautiful. So, uh, gospel. I'll give it to you. Well done. Wow. 300 points. <clears throat> All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh. That's all I get. Mm, that's three verses. <laughs> that, by the way, is probably not in the Old Testament. Oh yeah, I'm, that's I can narrow it down. I can I can exclude the majority of the books. I'm down to twenty-seven. Well, I could exclude a few more. Anyway, read it. Read it again. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay closer attention to what's going on here. Okay. Okay. Look for Ready? Cute. Yep. Paul. Got Paul, that. A servant of Jesus Christ. Oh, oh, sorry. A servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, I'll give you an extra verse there. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one of these verses where Paul particularly <laughs> defends his apostleship, which is almost all of them, <laughs> but minus maybe the pastoral <laughs> epistles. Um, but this is going to be a, a theme in like um, Galatians, where the Judaizers were just trying to discredit Paul. Um, maybe Ephesians, but I also think um, uh, Romans um, could be a contender here. Let me think. Maybe Ephesians. So I'm gonna. Let's see. I'm going to guess. Everyone's playing along. Everyone at home has registered their guesses. <laughs> I uh, Okay. I'm going to guess the epistle to the Romans. You are right. Yeah. Bing, 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 bing. Nice. 100 points. So uh, I'm going to say this is gospel. What a delight it is that the Lord uh, sends his apostle to bring his good news. You know. Uh, beautiful are the feet of those who who bring the glad tidings or the good news. And so uh, the Lord God himself appointed Paul as one of the apostles to bring the truth of God. And it is for that reason we have the truth of God disclosed to us in writing, that we that that these documents, Paul's teachings have been uh, put down in writing and have been preserved over the ages that we can talk and know about the things of Christ as taught by the one he sent. This is wonderful gospel. Yep, yep, great. Okay. All right, 200 points. I'm giving it to you. We're all tied at 300. Okay. So you get one verse for this round. Is that right? Yep, okay. that's right. Here's your, here's your one verse. But you did not learn Christ in this way. <laughs> oh. You did not learn Christ in this way. I know that verse. Oh, I got to think of what's around it. Um, uh, okay, so this is going to be New Testament. I'm going to say that. It's. I think it's. It's. This is also going to be 
Paul, who's rebuking a false doctrine. And my first instinct is Galatians, where, um, hmm, uh, Galatians or Corinthians, where Paul is, is coming down hard on rebuking the churches for, 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 for their for their accepting of false practice in Corinthians, they're accepting a false doctrine in in Corinthians. You did, I, if I could just get to that verse after or before, you did not learn Christ in this way. What does it say right after that? You don't want to read an extra three words, do you? you I mean, I do for the sake of the listener because it's it's kind of pathetic. You kind of you're just kind of fishing around here. I mean, but you know, there's a there's a, a table talk radio scoreboard in play here. So I think I'll let you squander and then give you some more verses. Okay, so you did not learn Christ in this way, but how did we learn Christ? As the Savior of sinners, not as the um, the great lawmaker. I'm going to say, what is the epistle to the Galatians? That is incorrect. I'm going to give you the verse before. You're so excited. So excited about it. Incorrect. That. Uh says, and they... Incorrect. I'm so sorry. You're going to get this once I read this. And they, having become callous have given themselves over to sensuality for every pra- for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. Oh, goodness. I should know that now. Um, so they've given themselves over. So this is talking about the battle of the flesh and the spirit, the pagans who have done this, given themselves over to sensuality. Paul talks about this. Uh, this is the, the hardness of the heart. They thinking, became callous. <clears throat> Uh, he talks about that in talking about the in, Gentiles who callousness who walk in the futility of their minds. Yep. Uh, he talks about that in Romans chapter one. Also, he talks about that in First Corinthians. I don't know where is it. It's got to be one of the Ephesians Colossians. chapter four. Oh, sheesh! I should know this is terrible. You yeah. So you not learned? I didn't even guess it right when I guessed five of them. Uh, you not learned this way, but if indeed you Do have heard him, you have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in the righteousness and holiness of the truth. Wow, that's nice. This is... Uh, law, but it's a nice law. I mean, so that when we say nice law, we're talking about third use of the law. It's this, it's this new life that the Lord gives to us in Christ. So that, it's it's this. You know, there's two ways of life. There's the, there's the way of, uh, evil and wickedness, and then there's the way of the Lord's law, His, his wisdom and love, and we're in that way, and this is talking about that way of life. So. But, I, but it's still law. Um, it's, qu- it's quite nice, though. All right. I'm ready for my next round. So I took off 200. Do I lose 200 points? Or do oh, I just yeah, get yep, zero points? Yep, that's how it works. Uh-huh. What? I lose? You lose. Yep. Lose points. Knock it off. Do I get 200 for saying law? No. you have to Remember, you oh. have to get the book right before you, you can get points for the law gospel. This isn't a charity work here. I can't. I don't think I forget. I don't think I forgot that. I think I purposely never, never learned it. All right, I got a hundred points. 
Yeah. Fine. If you want to play that way, here's your verse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Be, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Are there are there multiple answers to this? Because you're you're being kind of tricky. Because when you hey. when you quote a verse that is both in the Old Testament and quoted quoting that Old Testament verse in the New Testament, do I have to guess where you yeah. happen to be reading? Yeah. <laughs> hey, wait, I'd love to tell you the answer, except for there's points on the line. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll just guess both. Um, yeah. So you can only guess one. Sorry. <laughs> so. <laughs> In uh, in Isaiah, um, uh, Hezekiah. No, is it Hezekiah? Who's told to? Also to, Ahaz. Ahaz. Yeah, thank you. Ahaz is told to uh, uh, to demand a sign. He says, "Oh me, I would never be so bold to demand a sign of the Lord." And uh, Isaiah says, "Okay, if you don't want us." As for a sign, I'll give you one. Behold, a virgin will conceive and bear a son. You call his name Emmanuel. That's in Isaiah. It's also quoted in the Gospel according to St. Matthew. So take your pick. Well, why don't you take your pick? <laughs> okay, I'm, I think you're reading from Isaiah. Wrong, Matthew. <laughs> Sorry. Wait a minute. How, how do I know if I would you're have really said close, Matthew, though. you wouldn't have said Isaiah? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, trust me. <laughs> trust me. The famous words. Yeah. Trust me. Trust me. Uh, you, you're right-ish. You're close to right, just I'm not points to... right. Oh, okay. That's that's gospel, by the way. Well, you no, know, actually, here, here, where you're reading it might depend whether it's law or gospel. Because I think... Uh, where was I reading it again? What did you say? You said Isaiah, <laughs> so that meant I was reading from Matthew. <laughs> so yeah, Matthew, here, let, let, right, let me explain, right, though. I, I think that this prophecy in Isaiah is law to Ahaz because this promise, uh, the sign that Isaiah is giving is coming after Ahaz's lifetime. He's missing out on the sign because uh, he didn't ask for one, as the Lord told him to. I mean, if the Lord tells you to ask for a sign, you ask for a sign. When it comes in Matthew, it's because that sign has come. Jesus is born, and we call his—he is Emmanuel. He's God with us. Jesus saves. The Lord saves is his name. So uh, law and gospel, depending on where you're reading it, that's my take. Nice. I think that's the thing in Isaiah 2 is because, you know, that these kings have the promise that their one of their sons is going to be the Messiah. And then the Lord comes to Ahaz and says, but also the Messiah is going to be born of a virgin. So you're not going to be his dad. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cuts him out of it. Yeah. Oof, that's great. All right. Uh, Perfect. All right. Last one round. Uh, one word. I think I may have given this one to you before, but that makes it all the more fun if you miss it. Uh, that is the word grandmother. Oh, grandmother. I think this is what Paul says to um, Timothy when he says the word as the word of God, which you've learned to know it from your mother, from your grandmother Eunice and grandmother. Is it grandmother Eunice? I think that's Paul to Timothy. And that means uh, the answer is. What is First Timothy? You are right about the grandmother Lois, Mother Eunice, which is found in Second Timothy. 
I lose 300 points. Yeah, I'll read the whole verse, and uh, you can talk about law of gospel for the fun of it. Um, I thank you, God, whom I serve with a clear conscience the way my forefathers did, as I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears so that I may be with may be filled with joy. For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, as I am sure it is in you as mm-hmm. well. Hmm. Wow. I thought, see, Paul wants to see Timothy, but that's why I thought first Timothy, because second Timothy, this is the last letter and he's, uh-huh. I'm ready to be poured out like a drink offering. Uh-huh. So I forgot that that was there. Ah, it's been too long since we played the old Bible. Beat. <laughs> I, I think that as a historical note is, it's probably not, we wouldn't say it's law or gospel, but it, it's it's in this realm, so you'd have to bring out both the law and the gospel. And the the law, I suppose, would be that we are to teach the Lord's word to our children and our grandchildren. God be praised for that vocation. But then the the fact that the word dwells in us and gives us that life and wisdom that leads to salvation, that's the gospel. So it is the gospel that's passed on from one generation to the next. So that's that's great. I'd well, say this is... And it is helpful, I is think, for us to understand... The faith is the consistent faith of the Old and New Testament, so that um, Paul and Timothy lived in the first century of the Christian church, but talks about the faith that is in Timothy is the faith that is in his grandmother, Lois. So so Timothy was not given a new faith. Uh, It was given the faith of of God to his people. (laughs) That's great. All right, I got one word for you. This shows up twice in the Bible. It's in the same chapter. You know, when you watch a baseball game and the home team is winning, they don't actually play the bottom of the ninth. Really? (laughs) uh, How about you? I think this is a chance for a (laughs) walk-off. Okay. Score, just checking, is 100 to minus 200. But you never know what will happen. My one-word clue for you, I got an easy one for you. I mean, if you don't get this... Boy, Don't set you want to go up. double or nothing? This Don't, is so no, 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 no. I mean, a six-year-old I know, I know how you work. <laughs> I know this game. <laughs> here, well, you want me to get Isaac to come in here and play for you? He could. It's easy. Brandy, All right, what is it? Brandy, the dog, could get some. <laughs> Spain. Spain. That only, is that only in the As Bible in, once? Yeah. That's got to be I mean, in... twice, but one chapter. Okay. That's got to be in the book of the Acts of the Apostles because of Luke's sort of travel log of everything going around. Although, it might be an epistle where Paul—no, th- I'm going to stick with Acts. Acts? Mm-hmm. Brandy, do you want to guess? <laughs> Brandy says Romans. <laughs> Romans, Romans, Romans chapter 15. (laughs) I hope to see you in passing as I go to Spain to be helped on my Uh, journey there by you once I've enjoyed your company for a while. And then later, when therefore I have completed this and have delivered them what's been collected, I'll leave for Spain by way of you. Well, I I might say that this is gospel only for the same reason of round one, that we're hearing of 
Paul going around and proclaiming the gospel. I mean, this is this is why the church had such a foundation in the first 30, 40 years that churches are just being planted all over because not only Paul, but all the apostles are going around and, and teaching of Christ and 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 uh, as the Lord had, had sent them out to do. So this is one—I mean, the, the reason we get to be heirs of this good news is because of the great work of the apostles uh, nearly 2,000 years ago. So for that reason, I'll say gospel. Yeah, I'll give it to you, except for you don't get any points. So, <laughs> hey, we ended up tied. Congratulations. Oh, man. All right. Equally negative 200. Okay. Good thing the points don't matter. <laughs> That's about right, I think, for us. Okay, we're going to take one more break, and then right after this, we're going to play some Mythbusters. Uh, we have some, some myths to, to bust down. We'll see what uh, Pastor Wolfmuller thinks of these myths and whether he can confirm uh, bust or what's the third one we have? Plausible. That's the, that's the, the plausible one. Plausible. So. All right. You're listening to Table Talk Radio and Myth Busting coming up after this break. Our website is tabletalkradio.org. Don't ask me why, but you've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The Sunday Drive Home, Grappling with the Text on the Theo Vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're going to do some myth-busting now. All right, Pastor, I have a myth for you, and it's either confirmed, busted, or plausible. Are you ready? All right. All right. right. The myth is all good things must come to an end. (laughs) Uh, What about mediocre things? (laughs) I don't know much about good things. there's, There's sort of an assumption in there that if something comes to an end, then it must be a good thing. I suppose there's alternatives. <laughs> there are other kinds of things. So even uh, even not I so good things this is... could come to an end. <laughs> right, right. Well, we are... I, I wonder why that is. All things come to an end? No, no. All good things. The bad things just keep going and going, which I thought was plausible, actually, at some uh-huh. point. Well, uh, I guess I don't think so. I, I, think I it, guess from a from a perspective of eschatology, the bad things come to an end, and the good things <laughs> continue on and on forever. There you go. So, All right. All we'll right. I'll give that. you a couple points for that. So. I'll give you three points. <laughs> Wait. That's my buzzword. <laughs> Do I get anything for using three points for using? I, I, I got confused. Is it bra or fide? Whatever you said, re, fide reflecta or something. I'm confused. Bruh. Bruh. I'll stick with Fide bruh. Bruh. Fide Well, we do, we do want to make the announcement that uh, this is the last Table Talk Radio episode. Um, Tetelestai. Tetelestai. Yeah, it is finished. Um, <laughs> so uh, I have, uh, in the last six months or so, back in May, uh, resigned as the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Rogue River. Um, and uh, decided it was a, a time for me to to step down from that from that uh, great and and wonderful role, um, and so this this is really just 
Uh, maybe another myth that's busted, if anyone ever thought that Pastor Wolfner did anything to continue this show, um, then it's very blatantly obvious that Pastor Wolfner does nothing to continue Table Talk Radio. <laughs> without, without Evan, <laughs> it's, it's nothing just happened. <laughs> Uh, but no, I am. It, you are the X, and I am the Nihilo. <laughs> <laughs> nice, um, but you know, uh, serving as the as a pastor of faith was uh, certainly the the highest honor I've ever I've ever done. Um, being being a pastor is not without its challenges, to be sure. It's a it's it's a difficult role, and um, uh, I I just got to the point where I was uh, I was pretty burnt out. Uh, couldn't really. Uh, continue on um, anymore, uh, trying to push through some of the, 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 the just the daily things um, was, was getting pretty difficult. And um, there comes a point when you're serving in a particular role or particular office that it has demands upon you, which you try to fulfill the best of your ability. But there comes a point where you have to realize that uh, if if I'm at a, if if you're in a point where you're not fulfilling those duties to the best of your ability, you have to wonder if someone else should. I mean that that office uh, is an office that needs to be carried out, and and um, I felt like um, I wasn't serving at the the best that I could given my my burnout, and so I uh, I decided to to step down from that role, and I think. Um, it's probably a good time for me just to, to take some take a break, and the part of that includes uh, Table Talk Radio. And so uh, I, this is, this is going to be the end of, of Table Talk Radio as we know it. Um, I think Pastor Wolfmiller has some plans to do something media-related in the future, <laughs> as if he doesn't already do anything media-related. Um, but I don't know if you've, you've fortified any of those, any of those um, plans, but... Um, something is coming in the future for those on the Table Talk Radio feed. Yeah, that's right. We're going to try to. We might move the feed over to the uh, whatnot the podcast feed or something like that. If you're, if you're, if you are subscribed to the Table Talk Radio feed, if you visit uh, wolfmuller.co and click on audio, and you'll find a whatnot the podcast that's on. It's just a different platform, and r- right now it's sort of catching random stuff, audio from the Worldwide Bible Class, audio from Sunday Drive Home, and some of the YouTube stuff. I've, I've found some folks to help me be producing some things, and so I'm, I'm working on, oh, I'd love to do a daily, like, little video slash audio answer the question kind of thing. Uh, so that'll probably show up over there. So if you're listening here, you might want to go and and subscribe to that. But I think it's, I, I was, you know, Evan, as we've been talking about all this stuff, I think this is a good, uh, like, you've made good but very difficult decisions. I, I've seen so many pastors who will, um, like, the, the fire has burned out in the oven, but they'll just keep going along, and it's it becomes an even bigger burden to the conscience um, I think it's important just to note that you know there was no there was no scandal or any sort of thing that happened. Your your faith in the Lord Jesus is still um, strong as you as you trust in Him and hope in Him. It wasn't a, a, a theological thing or an ethical thing. It was really a what a, a energy thing or or um, a, a personal thing. Is is mm-hmm. the the burden of the office was getting uh, was getting heavier and heavier and heavier for you. 
So to, to lay that down, but to know that Christ has not laid you down, this is good. And I, um, and I, and I'm, I was thinking about this before we started recording how when we started, you were what, second year at seminary, first year at seminary. And we, and, and you were like yeah. the, um, you're like those Disney stars that grew up on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'm like Hannah Montana or something. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah you're, you're like the theological Hannah Montana. Just, <laughs> you were a seminarian and then vicar, and then who wants to date a seminarian hotline was going, and then you were pastor, and then and then the, we had to shut down the dating hotline because we couldn't afford all the messages that were coming in. <laughs> you got married to Mandy and Lily, another on the way, God be praised. So, you know, this is, like, it's it's great, um, and and wonderful. And your work there in Rogue River as pastor, I can testify to firsthand how, you know, faithfully you served, which is really, which is really great there. Uh, but we, I think, always knew that at some point Table Talk Radio had to come to an end. Our goal at the beginning was to last longer than the God Whispers, <laughs> and we did that by like seven years. Right. <laughs> Who knows what That's that a good goal. Is. It's good to set oh. good goals. <laughs> Do you, we well, used to do my that. Goal on Facebook was to have more followers than Kirk Cameron, and yeah. I was oh man, yeah, what a disaster! That was a fail. Yeah. I remember we used to we but used to anyway. I think we had a game called like twenty three seconds, where we, we would just like ease into a random twenty three second uh, audio file of the God Whispers and try to figure out what they're talking about. <laughs> we had some pretty goofy that games over the years. <laughs> No, I don't know what you're talking about. They were all very <laughs> sanctified. And, you know, Table Talk Radio, this is an interesting thing just to think back on, but Table Talk Radio, I, I think in spite of us and our goofing around, the Lord used this to bless people. And I think maybe the main way is that Table Talk Radio was, was making the argument that theology can be fun. In fact, I would say it has to be enjoyable. And... Um, and I think that was good. I, don't, I think it was rare, and I think it was very, very helpful uh, for the time that it was. And in our conversation, Evan, between you and I, I don't think it's just, I mean, it's great the way that we can uh, um, go back and forth with one another. I'm boring when I'm talking to anybody else, so this, is, <laughs> this has been really, really great. We got to go to Madagascar. We got to meet a lot of really cool people. We got to make a I don't want to be a Gnostic t-shirt. We got to make the <laughs> praise song cruncher famous. We introduced to the world lumpy chunkle buns. Remember, remember that? Got to interview uh, Chris Tomlin. And Mission Vision. Oh, yeah, Mission oh, Vision. Yeah. We got to interview. <laughs> yeah. So it's been great. And and um, I know for you too, Evan, and, and me, that we're both very grateful for all the people that have listened and all the people that have supported the show too. Um, that's the generosity and kindness of people. It's been really, really wonderful. And we, we're grateful to God for that also. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to thank all the people, uh, the listeners, of course. I mean, the... Who... I think... When we when we started this, we had an idea to do a radio show, <laughs> and I remember we made a demo and had maybe a few episodes in our under our belt. And I was sending letters to radio stations, <laughs> trying to see if they'd pick us up, or or we even bought some time on the Denver station there, and that that became kind of a like an advertising uh, nightmare to try to spend time getting advertisers and sponsors and underwriters and all of that. Um, but right around that time. 
um, the the podcasting thing was coming out. And so it, it was as simple as we're going to do a radio show, but also make our archives available on the website. And uh, you know, issues, et cetera, had been canceled and was brought back with Pirate Christian Radio. And, and I think we rode um, a lot of the attention that came along with that, and, and the podcast just took off. And it didn't make, it make any sense to pursue radio stations uh, anymore, except for those who were uh, willing to, to, play, to play us um, without you know, ad spend. So that, this was, um, this was a, a tremendous blessing to be able to uh, talk about the things we love to talk about, to be lighthearted about it. Uh, but also to be very serious about um, our Lord Jesus. Uh, so I'm thankful to the listeners who spent time to to download our our show and listen to it. Uh, I'm thankful to the the people who had sponsored financially our our show. Um, you know, we we've always tried to keep the expenses real low that we didn't have to be asking for money a lot. And I think after we purchased our initial equipment, we never really did have to ask for money. Uh, people just voluntarily gave it, and we're uh, so thankful for that. That kind of covered our costs for web hosting and all of those things. Um, so appreciate that. Uh, I also uh, want to thank uh, tremendously uh, Chris Hogan. He does all of our background work of getting the audio files together. Uh, in a format that can be posted to the to the podcast stream, sent out to the radio stations. Um, without him, I don't know that I, we, we would have been able to keep going uh, as long as we have. I mean, his legwork on the technical side has been invaluable. So I want to I want to thank him. And uh, lastly, Brian, I want to thank Thanks, you. Chris. I mean, this this has been um, this has been rather fun for me. Like you mentioned, we started in seminary. And uh, being able to to work out kind of theological things as I've been growing theologically um, to do this to do this show and to um, work out these things not only you know as a theological student but even as a pastor uh, understanding how these things work it's been it's been a, a great experience to be able to do that with you so I'm I'm thankful for for that as well. Well, you're welcome, and vice versa. It's been a great thing to see you grow as a person and a pastor and. Um, I think, you know, on the t I, I was putting together a top 10 list of events of my own life, and um, I, I think right up to the close, maybe like getting married to Carrie and the birth of the children is when I was able to DJ your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that you gave me a selfie stick as a gift? <laughs> <laughs> and the kids said, Dad, selfie sticks are for narcissists. <laughs> And you're over there winking. Oh man! But in truth, though, narcissists narcissists don't use selfie sticks because it gives too much background for other people to get in the frame. So you want to have a real short arm if you're a narcissist. Hey, get out of my selfie! This world ain't big enough for the two of us. It's been great. I mean, just to, to experiment with this whole thing. I mean, I remember when you first called and said, hey, I got an A on my paper. We should do this radio show all the way through. And to think of how can we, how can we make theology fun and enjoyable uh, for us, who both have short attention spans, and also for the world, has been a great experience and a great experiment. And I'm glad we got to ride on this bull together. Uh, for the time that it is, and looking forward to seeing what the Lord has in store for you and for your family, uh, for your growing family there as well. So that's great. All right, and look and look for uh, new things to come from Pastor Wolf Mueller. And uh, so if you're if you're on the Table Talk Radio podcast stream, stay on it. Something's going to be coming down uh, soon. 
And I guess this is your last opportunity to give a memorable points joke. So uh, if you're ready. Oh, man, I should have really thought about that. <laughs> Hold on. Give me a second. Because we got to crunch this myth, right? Oh, yeah. So is well, uh, so is that your way to buy time? Okay. So is this... All good things come to an end. The status is unknown. Because we are not talking about a good thing. <laughs> Nice. All right. Well, with that said, uh, thank you all for listening, and thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points have actually mattered all along. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> what's, what's the all-time score? <laughs> Weren't you supposed to come up with the all-time score? Oh, 17 to 4. I win. <laughs> I need you to go back to episode one and go back and listen to all the... <laughs> Can you imagine? I bet someone has that tallied. Yeah. If you're listening still and you tallied that up, send me a note. I'll give you a free book. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good stuff.